Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from Game Wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Warden's Watch, episode 101, Audrey Hunter, Arkansas, 
National Wild Turkey Federation Officer of the Year. And we'd like to congratulate Audrey as well as all the officers that received awards around the country from NWTF. So, little technical difficulties. This may be the second time you're hearing it. Learning. Uh, there was an upgrade in my software that I used to produce the show, and I didn't realize what it was doing until it was too late, and it got produced and posted. So, this is my second attempt at hopefully resolving those issues, and I appreciate your patience. So, just a, a few a little announcements. Uh, Hey, if you could go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. That always helps. Uh, I have just been selected as the interim director for International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, which is a real honor. I'll be representing International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. If you guys want to learn more about International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, if you go to wildlifecrimestoppers.org, it gives you all the information there, who's a part of it. And one of my jobs will be looking for nonprofit partners to expand our profile there, just like NWTF is a strategic partner with International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, and that's why I went to their conference to work with them in law enforcement that was there. So I was able to do a, a brief little talk about IWC in their law enforcement section, as well as uh, get the relationships uh, built with NWTF, meet some dynamic individuals within that group. I did a podcast with Fred Bird, uh, who is the NWTF podcaster, The Call. You know, that's a good podcast uh, that NWTF does. So, and Fred Bird's their host of that. So that was a pleasure. Cully was my contact down there. He was an outstanding individual. Uh, works with NWTF and works with the law enforcement as well. Thank you for your hospitality and the relationship there. On to the podcast, and I appreciate your patience. Thank you. Uh, if you'd like to see the actual podcast, you can go to Patreon and be, become a Patreon member. We do a lot of extra content there before and after the interviews, as well as the audio and visual there, so you can see that. And there's a lot of extras on Patreon if you'd like to check that out. And that helps support us, the podcast, the Thin Green Line podcast, uh, and our other endeavors. So thank you very much. On this episode of Warden's Watch, we are with the Officer of the Year for NWTF. The National Wild Turkey Federation selects one officer out of 50 states and puts them as their Officer of the Year. Congratulations, Audrey Hunter of Arkansas, who was this year's NWTF Officer of the Year and the first woman ever to have that honor, which is, is really cool. And Audrey and I get to sit down prior to her winning uh, that award at the, the Law Enforcement training that they have at NWTF at the conference. And it was a, it was a pleasure actually to, to get to know you, Audrey, before uh, the, the big event. And it's a surprise. Nobody knows who's going to win. They take all the, the applicants and all the information and they go through it and they select an officer of the year based on all those write-ups. Uh, Audrey was able to provide me with her write-up and it, it was pretty impressive, Audrey. I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that. Some of the turkey cases you did. And that's, that's one thing that, uh, 
NWTF said to me, you know, it's it's about the law enforcement. So we really put a lot of weight on the law enforcement aspect of it. They do a lot of the outreach and the talking, but they can't do the enforcement. So it, it's it's kind of neat that that they focus on that because it's such an important part of the whole picture of, of wildlife management is. And I said that there, you can biologize all you want, you can preserve all the land, but without law enforcement, you just don't have, you have a plan that's going to fail. Congratulations and thanks for joining Warden's Watch. I'm really excited. Thank you. And you were surprised, weren't you? Yeah, so um, I was overwhelmed, humbling experience, um, emotions running wild. Honestly, when I sat down and they were about to call the nominee, I was getting ready to snack on the rest of my dessert and they announced my <laughs> name. It was such an honor. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I I got this. It's amazing. It was so many emotions going through my mind at that moment. Honestly, it was so humbling and such an honor. So thank you so much. Yeah. And it's quite the event. I mean, I've been in front of a large group of people, but there was, I'd say over a thousand people that you would have got it through. That's intimidating for anybody except maybe Luke Bryan or somebody. I I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think you could. So my the population where I where I live and work is like maybe twenty two hundred. And I looked out, I was like, I think you could fit everybody here in my community in this one room. So very very nervous just to even walk on stage, but such an honor and such a humbling experience. So my mind was flooded with everything. I wanted to reach out to so many people and just say, Oh my gosh, this is this is you you guys wouldn't believe it. So I mean. Great experience, just a little nerve-wracked. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had the forethought of actually uh, doing a little video clip of you going up there and, and, and getting the award because it, it, it give people that aspect of the size of the room, the amount of people, and then the surprise, which, you know, it was just like, I can't even imagine being in your shoes because of the surprise. Like you said, you're oh, just yeah. getting ready to, to finish up your, your dessert or start your dessert and, and your name gets called out <laughs> and it's just that shock and awe. You're like, uh, did they just say my name? <laughs> yeah. So I started crying and my, I looked at my colonel. He was like, hold it together. Cause I was, I was so emotional. I was like, oh man, this is just the amount of hours and stuff we as officers put into it hmm. and to get an award to be recognized for something that people don't really understand what it takes just to be on like on the ground working the early mornings late nights i mean it was like oh my gosh you're getting recognized for something that not really you want to get recognized for but something that takes a lot of effort and time and it it was just i was i'm not gonna lie i was almost crying it's like i'm gonna cry up here in front of all these people i don't know but it, it was an honor. I was excited. I was stoked. I rode home with my trophy in the front seat, just looking at it, thinking, what a beauty. <laughs> oh, it was a beauty. And that, that's going to be the cover of the podcast for sure. Uh, you, you holding uh, that, that trophy, because I thought it was pretty cool, for sure. It's nice to have those things and those memories, especially with five years on, right? Yes, sir. Five years. Oh, but that's when the fire's in your belly. That's 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 what I like. And just to let everybody know, every state selects an officer of the year for the NWTF, the National Wild Turkey Federation, and they get the award for the state. And then all of these awards, uh, all these uh, nominees get bunched into it, and then they get selected as one officer, which was Audrey got selected for that. But every officer, there's an officer in every state that gets recognized with the NWTF. And I think that's pretty amazing that a nonprofit recognizes the impact of law enforcement and the necessity of it. It not only just, you know, recognizes it, but puts a little money where their mouth is and invites everybody to come, you know, creates these epic trophies that are going to be, or awards. I I, I think it's a trophy. I <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it's it, it is, and then you know you're going to be looking back that on your career, and it just it, it helps stimulate those officers in the field, like you said, to know that they're appreciated. So can can you tell us some of the things that you know I, I was reading through that, and you, you you got a great resume when it comes to turkeys. Some of the stuff you did, the hours you put in, the cases. Can you share some of that stuff with us? Sure. So as far as where I work, we don't have any WMAs, any, you know, management areas or anything to the public. So most of most of the land and leases and areas around my county is privately owned or leased timber company. So mm-hmm. it's not like I have a, a huge refuge or a national forest to work. So what I kind of geared my time towards was finding bait sites and early season hunters. Baiting in my county is out of control. I won't lie to you. Um, these guys, I mean, which is illegal here in Arkansas, but they will bait like crazy. So I ended up finding a total of basically nine sites for that previous, for that starting season. And I just kind of picked the one I knew would pay off and the most important to me, um, where I knew birds would be and where more than likely they were going to get shot open in morning of youth season. And I just started chipping away. Um, being dropped off by my dad, my mom, my brothers, you know, just anybody that could drop me off. I know they were, bless their hearts, creds to them. But I mean, I really, I, I had a shuttle train of folks just trying to catch these guys. I made um, three actual cases on the sites. One, I, I guess, if you don't mind, if you want me to talk yeah, about some please. of them, is that good to go? Yes. Okay. I think my, no, my biggest one, um, I would have to say, I had a repeat offender from about 15 years ago that decided he wanted to start baiting again. And he actually came in on a youth morning. I'd been kind of seeing when he would come and listen for turkeys. And he actually worked out of state. So it was kind of hard catching up with this guy. I missed him the first morning um, of youth season, but the second morning, I mean, it paid off. Um, Unfortunately, I couldn't intervene and keep him from shooting the bird because the bird was actually the opposite side of me. Um, But I still was able to make contact with that that violator who had his son with him so more or less i felt like that was a big impact to me because you got to educate an upcoming generation like this is wrong mm-hmm. we don't need to kill turkeys over bait so i think in my eyes and my experience so far that was probably as far as cases for that for 2022 it, it meant a lot to me because it was a unfortunate event for the father but i made it a good contact for the kid and just explained to him how it's an unfair advantage to our turkeys here and why it's so devastating for them. So and, that was probably one of my bigger cases. And you were there when they shot the turkey? I did. I was cringing. I was like, no, you know, you want to jump up and try to get in between. But it was a situation where I set up and the birds had moved on a different roost. And they came down the opposite direction to these guys. It really stunk on that part. But then again, a kid got to take a bird, even though it wasn't really fair to, you know, to our turkeys. But, I mean, it was a good good experience for everybody around. So, I was a little, I was a little upset they got to get it, got to get the bird unfairly, but it happens. It does, but I mean, what you had to do to get there in early? I mean, you had to get. Did you get there before them, or did you sneak up while they were there? Yes. So I try to always get there hours earlier before these guys, because you never know when they're going to come in, where mm. they're going to set up, or if I have to move. Um, I'd actually set up on the east side of them. Because the water had gotten up so high on the opposite end of a creek crossing, I couldn't cross. So I was like, oh, the birds are going to still be on this side. And of course they weren't. They do everything you think they're not, they're going to do, obviously. Bird flew down on the other end and I knew they'd come in with their flashlights and sit down in between me and the birds at that point. And I just, it was kind of a waiting game. I, I wasn't exactly sure where they sit. I just knew they were within 25, 50 yards of me and the bird. Kind of, it's one of those things I felt too unsure to move. 
and I just kind of played it by ear. And when the turkey hit the ground, I realized they're underneath him and this bird's probably about to get shot and I can't really do anything about it. So that was unfortunate. My dad dropped me off that morning. Um, he's a logger, so not many people think you need at four o'clock in the morning in a pickup truck that's got logging equipment on it or anything. So he dropped me off that morning and I just slipped in and sat and waited on him. So. Yeah, and that, like everybody else, understand the adrenaline that goes along with, uh, A, the people pulling the trigger on the turkeys, but also the officer. I mean, you're out there and you're hearing, do they start calling prior to? Yeah, you get to hear, he called and it, he may have called five or six times, but I felt like it was three hours. I was like, oh, he's got to quit calling. He's got to quit calling. But it was, you know, maybe 15 minutes of calling. <laughs> it's just my experience with it as a law enforcement officer working, you know, as a game warden, we don't get to hunt as much as we used to. However, when we're, you know, we're hunting humans or we're still in the element, you still get to experience that adrenaline rush. You're, I mean, you're, you're waiting on these guys, you know, so it's, to me, it's, it's more extreme. It's, it's a more adrenaline rush and dump than anything else that I've ever experienced. I mean, I, I get a little jacked up. I won't lie. Yep. I get excited. Uh, and I think we all do because I can feel the excitement right there. I can feel, you know, when they start to call, it builds up a little. And then you're just waiting. You're waiting and you hear that turkey getting closer. And then that gunshot erupts. And that's when it dumps, isn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah. You're you're. You're ready. You're ready to rock and roll at that point. It's it's a it's a good feeling. It's a, a moment that you know, okay, all that hard work mm. is paid off. Like you're here for a purpose and you're going to get to serve that purpose and make a comeback on it. So mm-hmm. Were they surprised to see you? The look on the, the gentleman's face was, it's like his soul almost left his body. He automatically <laughs> knew what I was there for. And I was like, do I really need to get into it too hard in front of your boy? Do you want me to separate? I always try to be respectful to them, especially if there's a kid involved. Yeah. He said, no, ma'am, I know what's going on. Um, he, you know, I knew he was a repeat offender. He had, like I said, he'd done it uh, years back. Um, and I just told him, I was like, you know, this is not a good way to teach your boy. I mean, there's not enough turkeys here. You can do it a legal way and still kill birds. And he just explained to me, you know, I've got pressure. I work out of state and I just want to make sure he gets one open in weekend. But, you know. Gotta gotta do it the right way. Right. Was there piles of grain there that, or was it really? Because sometimes they can be pretty dang sneaky. Yeah. So he had two. He actually had two bait sites, and his um, on the opposite end was nothing but a running corn feeder. I mean, it, he didn't even try to hide it. I just basically knew the birds were roosting over it, and and when you can kind of tell what a turkey's doing every morning, the same mm-hmm. thing going to the same spot, it gives off on them. Um, and they had a. Another feeder running where I busted these guys, but he had turned it off like four days in advance and there was still corn all over the ground. It, the feeder just wasn't actually slinging anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really try too hard to hide it. That was, you know, those are always disappointed. You want the good ones where you really have to get down and find mm-hmm. something. But um, his was pretty obvious. Yeah. But I, I think that's great that breaking that chain of poaching so to speak because it it can be very generational can be trained into the youth and to have that experience whether you know like you said you turn it into a positive experience but you know just seeing that experience for that youth to say hey yeah this was done the wrong way and we got to do it the right way and hopefully we break that chain uh as game wardens i think we always want to and i know some of the guys that i've had issues with over the years stop poaching because they didn't want their kids to grow up the way they did. And that, that they almost broke it themselves because they knew they were trained and raised the wrong way. 
and didn't yeah. want to pass that on to the, the next generation. Um, I think that's a really good, really good contact and probably one of the better cases. I think uh, that was the most impactful thing as I read through this. I'm like, wow, there's an opportunity to break the chain. So important here. And, and you must love turkey hunting too. I do. Um, it's honestly, it's a huge passion of mine. I grew up with four younger brothers, so I had no other option but to be the ring leader of the hunting <laughs> aspect for them. I mean, it was just us and my dad. So bless my soul. I, I guess I turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> the ring leader. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we were, I mean, at I know it sounds crazy, but I think back, I know generations have changed, but at nine years of age, I had a 28 gauge and he showed me how to be safe with it and said, go kill your bird. This is what you do. Show me one time and send us on our way. So we grew up a little bit, you know, different, um, but all we have here is hunting and sports. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we've done as kids. So it made me really passionate about turkeys. My grandfather was too. My grandmother painted on turkey feathers that he would kill. So it's uh, cool. it's kind of been in my blood this whole time. So just a just very passionate about it. Yeah, and just the fact that you're going out in the woods and beating the bushes looking for these baits because it's it takes a long time to to find it to locate things and then to oh, yeah. to work it to, to and it sounds like you had multiple baits to pick out and now you have to pick out the the most important one to work because there's only one of you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get overwhelmed during turkey season because it's just me in a county by myself. And the, bless her heart, the guys north of me that are in our district, they've got their own turkey cases they're trying to work. And I did. I would I would mark, I would take my top three to five sites and just mm-hmm. sit. It's, I almost compared it to turkey hunting. Um, you, sometimes you just got to be patient. You know, I, I in my first few years, I won't lie, I wanted to pick them green. And I've bumped guys and ruined ruined my case because I got a little greedy and wanted to, you know, jump in too quick. But I'm just sitting back and, you know, even if it takes two or three seasons to catch those guys, it's taught me a lot. I just compared it to working a bird. Sometimes you want to move, but you just need to sit there and just be patient. (laughs) Uh, I love that analogy. And that happens so much to new officers, too, that you, you get that you really want that case. So you bump it too soon. You know, mm-hmm. you, you pick it when it's green. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I've done it time and time again. And, and you've learned, and that's what, what happens. And, I, you know, is, and you can't really, you have to learn that yourself, too. That's something yeah. you have to learn yourself. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them, and, uh, you know, and, and know when to be successful. I mean, better that they kill that turkey, have that turkey with a bunch of corn in its craw, and, and you step out in that aha moment, then, then <laughs> you know, you, you've got everything. You have all the evidence you need. And But that's, that's to pick the right cases at the right time because you can pick the wrong one and you can have a big old goose egg that morning. Yeah. Um, I Actually, that this year, I, I probably spent two weeks on one of the top, I would say it was my top three. Um, and he'd done it very, sne- I mean, sunflowers everywhere. Like it. It was unreal, the amount of sunflowers, but it was in a, a huge pine thicket. So the only reason why I stumbled upon it was I was just scouting and listening. And I was like, it looks like hogs have been in here, but this is turkeys. And I got down on my hands and knees, and it was nothing but black sunflowers everywhere. And it was an area, it took me, it was probably a four-mile walk in, four miles out. You couldn't get to it by road. Everything was gated off, had cell cameras on it. And I spent entirely too much time on it. Yes, it finally paid, but... Um, I brought in another officer who was actually a previously FTO. And I was like, you're going to have to help me work this. I was like, I can't, you know, I just, and I felt like I probably could have made more cases if I 
wasn't so wrapped up in that one, but I did. I just spent, I spent two weeks on that sucker and mm. bless his heart. I think he helped me three or four days in a row and, but it, it did finally pay off, but I think we could have made a few more cases if I would have just kind of, you know, quit being stubborn and let that one go for a little bit. So, yeah, it's hard to tell, but at least you made it successful because that it is a lot of time and a lot of effort when it's, when it's four miles, that that's a poke in the woods and that's a poke for you. It's a poke for them. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, I get it. And those are the really hard cases, but the really rewarding cases, I think the, the harder you work on them when they come together, the, the better, the better you feel about them, the better, you know, Hey, that, that, that was case. And we had a, a illegal bear baiting case. I remember you had to work it in the dark, you know, going to an illegal bait site with bears and it was just unnerving for the, you know, two miles in the woods that you had to spend <laughs> going oh, in yeah. in the dark. And, you know, we've not much on headlamps, you know, and the closer you get to that uh, bait site, the, every snap in the woods, everything. And, and you know, it's bears. It's just, they're oh, better yeah. They're better in the woods than you are. You just, hopefully you don't rub <laughs> up against something furry. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good memories. It, it is good stuff. It sounds like you are patrolling where you grew up too. Sounds like you got some good support there. I did. Um, I was very fortunate to actually get to come back home after we got out of Academy and be stationed where I'm from. It's been a huge blessing because you already have so many contacts. You already know so many people. And we are a small community. So people know, you know, they know I'm an avid outdoorsman. Um, and especially being a female, you know, I've Figured if I went somewhere, we're going to test me a little bit. Does she really know about the woods? But these guys already knew my grandpa, my dad. They're like, yeah, she's got four younger brothers. She'll be fine. She'll make it. <laughs> um, it's, it's helped me with having those contacts and people, you know, res- not so much respect you, but know you can handle your own. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I was very fortunate with that. For sure. And especially being, like you said, a female, other places you would, would have probably had to prove yourself and uh, that all of those things. Not having that reputation of uh, growing up in the area. Have, have you found that a hindrance at all, growing up in the area? Yes. I think it comes 50-50. A lot of people that know me on a personal level, that, and I'll be honest, I thought a lot of these guys were jam-up turkey killers. They're killing two birds a year. You know, they're tagging out. And then when I become a game warden, I'm like, oh, you have a little incentive for birds. You know, or you're baiting or you're killing them out of season. Some people got their feelings hurt because I had to do my job and they thought, well, I know your dad. So it puts a little bit of strain for a relationship there. But at the end of the day, they just have to respect I'm doing my job. And there's a bigger picture here than, you know, and my grandpa or, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing a job that's going to keep wildlife here for our little ones in the future. So that that kind of put a strain on things. Um, kind of small town. You owe me something. But other than that, it's been great. And it sounds like your grandfather was kind of an icon in the area, the, one of the founding members of a hunt club. Is that right? I mean, just reading through that material that I saw, I was like, your grandfather sounds yeah. like an icon. It sounds like he small town and a lot of people looked up to him and that type of thing. Am so I reading he, that right? Yeah. So he he was one of the first turkey hunters in these parts as far as where I'm from. Not turkey hunted. He He showed a lot of the guys here how to even kill a bird. So he, he was a huge aspect and i guess me getting and being involved as a game warden too um being in a a deer lease in a hunting camp where there's 30 members just being in that atmosphere with him and my uncles and my dad and brothers i mean it's a huge huge part of our community so Uh, that that's neat to have those roots right right out of the gate for sure yeah 
Yeah, and I know grand grandfathers teach a ton. Uh, it, it's amazing, and fathers do if we listen. But it seems like grandfathers can get in a little better than fathers because I'll tell you, everybody that teaches my son, I'm very happy for that because he they seem to listen better to somebody else rather than dad. So I, I, I feel you on that. My two-and-a-half-year-old, she'll look at me like I'm crazy when I tell her something, but if somebody else asks her to do the same thing, she's like, sure, why not? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it only it only gets worse, Audrey. <laughs> it only gets worse. <laughs> I use all the resources possible around me to, to make my own points, so... Uh, but I yeah. think that's an effective way. They seem to learn well. And then in the end, they th- I think they find out you're, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> but grandfathers are great tools for sure. Um, I, they I, are. Yeah, I know my son uh, shot his first year with his grandfather, and those are, those are like epic memories uh, for the two of them. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Five years and, you know, nationally recognized. That's uh, – I'm so – so I think that's so cool. You were nationally recognized for all the work you've done with turkeys and the passion that, that you share with it. So I think it was an outstanding selection on their part. Yeah, cause, and, and I know our contact, Cully, there with the NWTF was pretty impressed. And even before I knew, he was uh, talking about, you know, the selection. And he says, I can't really say it who it is, but and he started re- kind of reading your resume from memory. And I was like, wow, wow, it sounds like a great selection. He goes, yeah, it was it was a really good selection. We were, we're pretty excited. And he, he mentioned all the, the, the cases that you had made and, you know, being out in the woods. And he's like, you know, this is this is the law enforcement is, is about that because, you know, without that, you know, we, it doesn't matter anything else we do. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. And honestly, a huge credit to them. I, I got involved. So we have a Cane Creek Longbeards chapter with the NWTF here in, in our county. And it's been here for years. Um, and they actually got me on board as part of the committee about six or seven years ago. Wow. And, you know, I'm, I wasn't too sure, you know, what all do we do? You know, people ask us all the time, what does NWTF do? Or, you know, how does that play back a role into here since we don't have um, public land? And I got involved with these guys and it was such an eye opener, such a good group of folks of what NWTF actually does. I mean, it was it was such an awesome thing to, for me to get involved in. And I think, you know, me getting to see a bigger picture, not only as, you know, helping in that aspect, but as a conservation officer too. I mean, it played such a big role in, in my love and, and passion for turkey enforcement as well. Those guys pushed me a lot. It was a great opportunity for me too, to work with the NWTF in our chapter because they allow us to do Jake's days. And as an officer, we also work Jake Stays. So I was like, hey, I'll run with that. Let me let me put on some Jake Stays. You know, we don't have a whole lot of stuff like that in our community. So they actually, you know, help us sponsor that. Even though, I'm, you know, I work other Jake Stays in other counties, it was a great opportunity for me to put back here, too, you know, as a part of everything. So well, What's a Jake Stay? Um, so it is basically a day for – we have – an event for a banquet we have what's considered jakes and it's basically all the all the youth all the children um it's strictly geared towards them like whether it's a fishing derby they'll give out guns and prizes to all the ones that come through it's just geared educating the kids on wildlife we'll have like furs turkey identifications um track identifications it's it's a great event and every county that has a chapter usually sponsors one mm-hmm. uh, our neighboring county actually in cleveland just done one and they'll have the canine units from game and fish come and show the kids what the dogs can do or how they can find things it's just a great day geared towards kids to get them out in the outdoors and 
and just be productive in it and hopefully embark on them to get involved in hunting and fishing. So it's pretty nice. awesome. Yeah, no, that sounds like a good outreach program for sure. And it's Jake Days or Jake Stays? Jake Stays. Mm-hmm. Jake Stays. Mm-hmm. Like yep. D-A-Y-S, Days. Yep. So I'm going to need a little bit of an interpreter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it, it's just the juvenile turkeys. Just think of it like that. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. For sure. No, that that that's great. Ar- Arkansas, I... You're my first uh, game warden from Arkansas as well. We got a lot of firsts here, Audrey. So, can you kind of highlight your state for everybody? I mean, people from across the nation and the world actually listen to Warden's Watch and kind of give you the opportunity to be the first warden to highlight uh, your state. So, I've got an opportunity to meet your colonel. He seems like a very dynamic individual, and I enjoy talking with him. So, that, that's always good to have a good leader in, in place. Awesome. Yeah. I'm Star City, Arkansas, born and raised, working here in Lincoln County. I mean, it's a I started, I guess, in 2017 working for the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Um, it's been a great opportunity. How many officers in Arkansas? So we're, I think we actually hold 185, but I think we've only got 175 on the ground right now. Highlights of the state, lots of water? or you... Yes. So as far as highlights, it's a little bit of everything. Arkansas, I mean. When I think Arkansas, I think waterfowl because you're a big timber waterfowl. So, yeah. Honestly, there's everything. Okay. When you get up north, you've got beautiful mountains, ridges, um, beautiful creeks, rivers to kayak in, awesome fishing. Um, the further south you get, you're going to get into a little mosquitoes, the delta, like you're talking about, waterfowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's where we get into, you know, I would say most of our out-of-state guys that come in to hunt or anything is all geared towards waterfowl. Mm-hmm. Um, half of my county is delta and half of it is timber leases, pine forest um so it's it's arkansas's got a little bit of everything it's it's kind of the best of both worlds so mm. north arkansas is beautiful and and i personally think the delta is beautiful i mean it's different it's a it's a different lifestyle in each region you go to here so we've got turkeys waterfowl deer we don't have as big as deer as iowa of course but mm-hmm. we've got some places we've got some as far as the white-tailed deer we've got some awesome opportunities for that lots of fur bear animals i mean it's just overall to me it's just great it's a little bit of everything anything you want yeah for sure can you share with us another case i'm always thinking first cases are always memorable first good cases i guess whether it's turkeys sure. or what, what, whatever comes to your mind. I know listeners love uh, Game Warden stories, and so do I. Some of those first memorable things. Sometimes oh, there's so many. <laughs> I, 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 I understand. Totally. <laughs> totally understand. Um, man, I, as far as some of, the, some of my most memorable cases, well, this past duff season, I was actually off. I couldn't handle it. I, you know, it's opening morning of duff season. We're already short-staffed. I've got to work. Come on. I can't leave them hanging. And plus, I don't want to miss out on anything. You know the feeling. I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we worked. We actually had a huge sunflower field that was actually donated to the public. Um, and there was probably about 40 guys there hunting. We checked them. And it was the first first year or first. It was actually the very beginning when we first started using body cameras so you know everybody's nervous you know we got these new devices we're wearing they're super cool but i can't remember exactly how to work mine i I think i do but so you've got a little bit of pressure there make sure you turn it on turn it off um we're just doing our thing and 
we hear a lot of shooting coming from our area and i was like guys let's let's wrap up and check them um we didn't really have any bait sites marked we tried really hard prior to season to find something and when we roll up it's probably about 30 folks in these separated fields and the best way for me to explain it i hope this isn't too country but it looked like cockroaches when you turn a light on in a horrible restaurant. They were just running every which direction. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually almost like a canal between us because we hit the wrong road to try to get to them. We just kind of missed course the trails on Onyx. So they knew we couldn't get to them. So they were trying to get to their side, their side by sides and their ATVs. And then they were just getting it. And I was actually with my sergeant at the time and he's about to bail out the truck and he's like, can you cross that water? And I'm like, I don't really want to cross that water. <laughs> no, by the time I cross it, they're going to be gone in their ATVs anyways. Mm. So we back up and rush around, and we actually finally come into where they're trying to leave and just kind of do it. You know, we're a little bit overwhelmed because people are running everywhere. And, you know, you're going 90 to nothing. This all happened in probably five minutes, but it felt like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out, you know, we got out there in the field, started looking around, and it was obvious. They had took in, they have actually taken what is a big fertilizer buggy that'll hold tons of fertilizer and just massacred with sunflower seeds everywhere like it's not just a mode field we're just gonna put a ton of sunflowers out for doves so um it was pretty obvious but it was it was probably one of the funniest moments because you know it's just us three we got 30 folks trying to run from us we're trying to get licensed trying to look at guns it's just a big mess these guys are trying to just act stupid like they don't know they you know they're they're just here paying this guy to hunt it so we looked back on the camera footage and it was awesome. It was it was <laughs> it was good memory. So that that was probably as far as this past season. Just a one of those you roll up on, you don't think you're gonna get nothing out of and it turns out to be good and great. So <laughs> bunch of cockroaches running when you turn on the light. <laughs> try to get away from you they're just going every which direction <laughs> and 30 people yeah that's that's a lot so i think that was a, yeah. a that was a great uh, great description so i think everybody <laughs> will understand that one so and, and dove hunting too I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with dove hunting because we don't have that in new hampshire so i never had an opportunity to do that it's closed season only and they tried to open it once upon a time and there was so much kickback uh so i don't think we'll ever see a dove season here but yeah, so it's neat to to listen to all the other little differences around the country for sure. No, thanks uh, for joining us. I would again, I want to congratulate you for your award, but and every officer that got the award as uh, their state's uh, NWTF Officer of the Year, and all the work uh, that they do, and you know every officer does, you know turkeys and for everything, you know, conservation. We're we're part of that puzzle to to make it, and I think it's just so cool that. Other groups, nonprofit groups like the National Wild Turkey Federation recognized that the states needed some help. They have some expertise. They they built some clubs and they gave us some epic help to bring this wild turkey back to the stat- status it is and to keep it. Because that's, that's what they're focused on now, to keep it at the, the levels they had and to look at it. They, they have their own biologists on staff. They purchase land. It's pretty pretty amazing what a nonprofit does. And there's others that do oh, yeah. that in other genres for sure. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Audrey. I, I know it's uh, – at least we planned this one. It wasn't a surprise because I, I would have loved to have seen your face when they called your name because I think uh, – <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I think I just saw your face when you went and got, got the award. I'm like, oh, she had no idea that was coming. <laughs> no, no idea. It was such an honor. It truly was. Mm-hmm. Nope, that was that was very good. So, and a pleasure meeting you and uh, sitting down and actually chatting with you in in Nash prior to your award. So it was it was great, and all the other officers there. So. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, keep up the good work, and uh, maybe down the road we'll have to do another one because I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Sounds good. Audrey Hunter, uh, Arkansas Game Warden. Thank you again. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch.